Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG. I'm your host, Brennan Carrion. This is episode 57. Today I am joined by my brother from another mother, Adam Sink. What up, Adam? Not a lot. How you doing, Brendan? Oh, oh buddy. Buddy, uh, I'm doing so well. Uh, and we have another, we have another special guest at the table today. And uh, somebody who... We've heard from we're hearing we're hearing from for the first time, but I hope that she'll be coming on a little bit more often. That's Heather. What up, Heather? What up? Hi, guys? Heather. <laughs> hey, Heather's here. So Heather's um, here. So just real quick, real quick, we'll introduce Heather. Heather, what's up? Who are you? Tell I'm, us. Tell us about yourself. I'm Brendan's girlfriend. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> that that right away that is terrible. That's a fail. Why? That's it's a fail. The Heather the girlfriend that, thing. That, That's how you yeah, always refer to. I know. To her. Yeah. I know. That is true, and I regret that because that that was like a like summing Heather's identity down to being like this like an appendage, like a character in my life. But you are your own person. Yeah. You have your own shit going on. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What the listeners at home know who you are. Um, like what kinds of things do you mean? Like I, <laughs> what do you like with gaming? What are you interested in gaming? Oh, well, I mostly do video games, but I've just started doing, don't, don't even give me that face. <laughs> Brendan, just drink your diet Coke and be quiet. <laughs> um, but I've just started doing role playing game things. I'm going to attempt to run a vampire, the Requiem game. Uh, just no Requiem, right? Just Requiem vampire Requiem game. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Boy, we're off to the races here, guys. <laughs> it's like when you call yeah. the, the PlayStation like the video game machine. So it's like the same thing. Anyway, uh, and I like dogs. <laughs> all, all right. Well, that's good. Solid. I also like dogs. Adam, <laughs> thoughts on dogs? I have a dog, so I must like dogs to some degree. <laughs> mm, I don't know about And that. also random cats that have shown up in my life as well. So Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's well, how you get cats. They just show up one day. Hmm. Well, I will be standing vigilantly against that. Moving on, so um, today we're bringing we're bringing Heather onto the show because Heather is is sort of embarking on her own kind of like role playing odyssey um, as a boyfriend and cohabitator. I have sort of you know Heather's been drawn into the life of role playing by by proximity. It's never been my goal to like evangelize role-playing to you yeah am no. i right yeah and you've played a few games yeah you know out of curiosity but you've also passed on a, a, a i'd say probably more games oh yeah definitely <laughs> and so you know you've gone to some cons you've interacted with the con life and now through your own volition you're kind of like hey this is something i'd like to i'd like to explore a little bit more deeply am yeah I right yeah i like vampires and vampire fiction so i thought It'd be fun to make a story with people about vampires. And so, interestingly, you know, this all this all has kind of happened at this confluence of events, coinciding with the release of Vampire: The Masquerade Fifth Edition. And so, uh, thought we'd have Heather on because she, because she has such a unique take on 
the vampire experience being that Adam and I are like old salty fucks and we're like we're carrying around all this baggage and no matter how much we try to throw the baggage off so that we can like view this new experience as what it is or what it's meant to be we're just not capable of doing that right. we've, we've reached that point in our lives we're not capable of doing that we got that. the Corleone problem you guys are jaded we try jaded. to get out we get pulled back in yeah. like we can't we can't do it yeah, but, we're, the, we're too OG. You're like but, jaded rock stars. But but Heather's got fresh eyes. Heather's got fresh eyes for this, and much like how Lestat requires Louis to interact with the modern world, we now vampirically call upon you to interact. You're making me the Louis? Yeah, sorry. You can be cloudy if you want, but you're going to have to be like crazy and evil. I'll just yeah, be Louis. It's fine. I'll see <laughs> rats in a dungeon somewhere. So any hoosies, uh, that's kind of what we're doing today. We got some, you know, bookkeeping to do on the upfront. We're going to you know, talk about uh, games played real quick. Who's played some games recently? Adam, what have you been playing? So I ran a Dungeons and Dragons game at work. Oh my God, you did. I <laughs> forgot you did that. How did that go, dude? So I got a bunch of um, people from the people I didn't know. I expected, you know, like the people that I've gamed with there before who were the other developers and, and engineers to come. None of them showed up. So I had a bunch of people from our from the sales floor in the call area like come down to come play Dungeons and Dragons with me. Uh, and I played Death Frost Doom, like a very condensed, modified version of Death Frost Doom, where they go into the temple and there's the evil thing. And it was it was kind of interesting watching uh, how they approached that dungeon because they got inside to that first chapel area and the first thing they did when they saw the skulls hanging from the chains that are frozen over was start smashing them solid good move yeah <laughs> so well played it's yeah. like, like we're here to murder hobo right. <laughs> we're gonna murder hobo that thing on the wall <laughs> we're gonna go kill the decorations and so when you break those <laughs> like all of the dead things come alive immediately right because the skulls are gone and so I said, well, I can't really do that. <laughs> so I had some zombies come and they fought some zombies and they went and they fought the sacred parasite. And then they went and they found the Carnifix, Cirrus, Maximus, Tyrannus, whatever that guy's <laughs> like ridiculously long name is. And he's like, hey, thanks for freeing me. I'm going to go murder everyone that I can find in the town down below. And it went really well. It was a lot of fun. It was. How it was did they, how did they respond to that? Were they like, uh, yeah, cool. I, I think they, they just didn't really know what to think. Because they, they went through there and I had the goblets with the liquid time. And they decided to like start drinking it so i had the first one he was like i take a sip i was like you become like a child like you de-age to a child <laughs> and the next one's like okay i just chug it and i was like all right you become a child then a baby then like a group of cells and then you're unborn <laughs> and then the other one goes i take the cup and i was like before you start <laughs> what are you hoping will happen here that will be different that will be different than ones. the other guys and what happened to them and it was he's like i take it and i force feed it to serious Maximus and I was like yeah you de-age him back to when he was a mortal necromancer and now he's more powerful than he was before oh and he's like oh that's actually kind of cool yeah. I like that that's a good idea it was interesting so that was kind of how I modified the adventure was I had the goblets of the liquid time and that was kind of the thing with the painting where they're holding the chalice and wove it all together it went really well they they uh, they seem to have a good time and i hope that they enjoyed themselves and you know i'd do it again so there was so, that now that's a go daddy like a game night thing is that is yeah that, that, that was the first one they've done in a long time but yeah it was a it was an a hr thing hr put this on this little <laughs> no it wasn't hr it was no. one of the um 
I'm, it was the so we have several groups there. It was the women in technology group that actually put it on. Interesting. And so I got cool. a little bracelet that's like and it's like GD Wit Ally bracelet. So now I'm like an ally, hey. I guess a male ally. So solid. Good on you. That's nice. Yeah. So Good it was kind of cool. Good on you, dude. Um, cool. And then you uh, game ran club. Gabe club, right? Yeah, thirteenth age. I finished up. Um, you, I finished you up make your own luck. That make your own luck thing. It's in not like, very in long. Like two minutes. It's not very long. Uh, how did you get through that so fast? It was like two. It was like two hours. They just showed up and and <laughs> essentially just murdered their way through the thing. It was very fast. Like they were very effective at. at getting things done it's not a very long module this is it, this is it's called make your own luck make your own luck it's a, free RP, it's a free rpg day mo- module right right and so we played two hours of it last week and then we got about uh, two hours of it this week oh, and it's okay. designed for about a four hour session oh yeah that that's so it was nothing then. they did it's I, just i didn't realize that you had played it before that you guys just made characters no we did some character creation then we did some playing last time and then this oh. time we finished out the story and the story was basically you find these goblins and if you find well, them and do the right thing what if everybody wants to play oh. Well, it's a great, it's a great little thing intro to the to the stone thief. But yeah, the comments I got after that was, you seem to like running these adventures where some like horrible thing is called into being on the earth as a result of our actions. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It's, I mean, they are prepackaged adventures. It's mm-hmm. not like you wrote it like that. No, it isn't like I wrote it like that. But yeah. I do kind of lean towards those type of adventures, and I do like that kind of oh, here's this ancient evil, and it's coming out of the boiling out of the earth because of these things that you did. Ha ha, deal with it. Now you got to, like, handle this thing. Ha ha. Ha ha, suckers. <laughs> no, so it was fun. I had a great time doing that, too. So free RPG, or, uh, free RPG day. RPG night continues to be a highlight of my week. Yeah, yeah, I dig, I dig, I dig uh, RPG night, too. Heather, you play anything recently? Like a role-playing game? Yes. No. Like like a role-playing game I have on the role-playing not. game podcast. I have not played one recently. But you're working on one. But I'm right? working on one. How's that going? It's going okay. It's yeah. Good. good. You're writing a lot of notes. Yeah. Note writing. You're in the note writing phase. Well, that's what you told me I should do. You so. were there. You were there for Happy Time Dungeon Hour. Too. I was there. I was. I was. I didn't play oh, it. We did do that, didn't we? But yeah, I was we did do that. Sitting yeah. in the room. <laughs> like you were working on your game. Yeah, you were working on your game, game during that. That's yes. what triggered my memory of Happy Time Dungeon Hour. Ah, uh, yeah. Do you guys going to talk about what you guys did? What Happy Time Dungeon Hour? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, here's what we'll say. <laughs> here's what we'll say. Happy Time Dungeon Hour is a thing that we do. We recorded this one. People have often asked for recordings of them. Whenever we do one, they go, where's the recording? And we always go, oh, well, we didn't do it. There was no recording because we don't, you know, try hard or prepare. We were drunk. <laughs> and <laughs> there's also that. Yeah, usually that's the problem. <laughs> so that, so so this time, Andrew Long, the, the founder and, you know, patron of Arizona, Arizona Game, Game Fair, Fair. Uh, had the foresight to say, well, why don't we record one and so and set it up before you get drunk yeah indeed indeed and so there was some imbibing that went on uh but there was also recording that went on and so at some point there will be a happy time dungeon hour for people to listen to if that is something that they want to do with their time <laughs> so <laughs> how about you brendan <laughs> i mean it's not very great don't i <laughs> yeah it's the best <laughs> oh man it was you really got- funny though you guys should be proud of it you guys, yo, bros, happy time Dungeon Hour episode three coming to, to you. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Anyway, 
<laughs> I don't want to oversell it. It's the Christmas episode, so enjoy that. Yeah. En- enjoy that, but you'll get it before Christmas. Right? You will get it before Christmas. It was The idea was Christmas in July. We didn't record yeah. it until <laughs> September, because yeah. that's fairly typical for our rock star lifestyles. Right. Too busy. Right. Very too, busy. too awesome. So much going on. Um, so what am I up to? Okay, so I played in the second half of Michael Collette's Octung Cthulhu game, and I just, look, I just don't think Octung Cthulhu is for me. You know, I mean, every so often you encounter a game, you play a game with some guys, and you're just like, you know what? I see the merits of this game. Like, I understand what the game is, but it's just not my thing. It's a, uh, and I talked to some people online about it to see if maybe, like, I was off base about where it was we were coming from. And the consensus on that game is that it's just, it's like an action, it's an action adventure game with Cthulhu monsters in it. And you were using the Savage World rules this time as opposed to the pdq rules right because i mean we, we always used the savage world rules oh, we were, did you? We, yeah okay. we, there there were some guys there who were like adherents of the savage world rule set and they were like no no i really want to play savage world so michael very graciously kind of like uh ran it in that rule set which i just have to say i fucking hate I would never... It's the varying dice, right? It's you, you, you D4, look, D6, D8, That's not D12. what I hate about it. That's the best part of it, is it, it's got this cool varying dice system, and your dice are just kind of listed right there on your character sheet. Your character sheet is very short, and you're like, oh, this is cool. It's like I'm playing like a little indie game. Remember we had Josh Mathis on the show like a billion years ago, and he was all like, he was all like... Uh, Oh, uh, Savage Worlds is an incredibly technical game, and we were like, "Oh, tut tut, that doesn't seem right. It seems like it's a very, very system yeah, streamlined easy. Very, yeah. and system agnostic." And I'm I completely see where he's coming from now because it's like everything you want to do in Savage Worlds. It's like, oh well. First, you roll a dice, and then you see how many levels of success you have, and then that is going to modify into bennies, and then you're going to spend your bennies, and then and I'm just like, it's just, just like you sit there at the fucking table doing so much math on on like the simplest shit. You have to sit there, you have to sit there and roll, and then do a bunch of dividing, and then do a bunch of counting, and it's just like fuck this shit, man. I don't even care about it. I don't want. I don't want to do that stuff. The best role playing math game ever was still Alternity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that was like a high-level math. This is like basic. Yeah. This is like basic arithmetic. You have to do, a, but you have to do a lot of it, and it's just, and you're just sitting there, and you're like trying to do like this, like da da da, kind of like Indiana Jones, like shooting Cthulhu kind of yeah. thing. But then you're sitting there doing math. That's like and, the worst thing I've heard in my life. Seriously. Right. <laughs> well, you should try the spaceship rule set for Alternity because it required, I think, like calculus to do it because because you're moving in three dimensions, and because space doesn't have resistance. When you turn, you don't turn. You you continue going in this direction, yeah. and you modify your arc so you go into a parabolic arc. So you have to figure out where you are relative to where you're trying to get. It's not like Star Wars where they're like, doo, 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 and the ships turn instantly. They they do this thing where they're like, <laughs> they keep sliding and they like drift forever, like Tokyo Drift, and then you're just like drifting yep. for eternity. That's right. I, I think Savage Worlds might have some interesting kind of application in like a grade school math class. Where you're like trying to make arithmetic fun by like making it about killing aliens or something. Yeah, that was Dungeons and Dragons, though. It's you don't necessarily need savage but at, at this point, they've they've kind of streamlined Dungeons and Dragons, so you don't have to interact with the math that much. 
But Savage Worlds is intensely mathy, and I just, I, given the opportunity, I would never play Savage Worlds again. It's like, fucking sucks. <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> Tell us how you feel Sorry, Savage Sorry, you know, Shane Hensley, the developer of Savage Worlds, he, like, lives around here, we see him at cons all the time, and he's, like, a great guy, and yeah. I'm, like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be fucking bombing on anybody's work, I'm really sorry, I take that back. But, like, I mean, seriously, I just did not enjoy myself at all playing I it. just have no experience with Savage Worlds, so... Um, Me either. <laughs> I also started taking some notes for this game, The Void, which I also kind of dogged on Instagram. I was like, man, this game, The Void, kind of blows. But then it's like I started writing for it. Um, because interestingly, while there's a lot about it that I don't like, there's enough in here that I do like that's actually kind of fun to... Um, to hack yeah to you kinda... like the rules you don't like kind of the default archetypes in the setting right? oh, yeah where it's like oh we have problem. to have an inquisitor and right. we have to do this and we're like tough guys in space killing monsters I mean, and that's part of it i also feel like it takes place in the far future and that it deals with kind of like um uh like sci- sci-fi concepts but that it doesn't explain how those things work in a certain mm. way. Like, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's very obvious that it was designed so that you could play like a scenario that's very similar to like Alien or Aliens, right? Now, when you're watching those films that were made in the 1980s, they had this kind of default sort of like, oh, humans are in space and they're in spaceships and shit, right? But it doesn't get into stuff like faster than light speed travel and post human fucking. AIs and shit like that. Maybe a little bit with the droids. I was going to say that Dash it does. It's like that idea that he's the droid, but he's been programmed to be malicious or infect the crew. Right. I mean, so so there's a little bit there, but there's no like cyborgs or like, oh, like what's the human lifespan of these characters? Are they like 500 years old because human tech, like medical technology has like erased disease? None of that is like, what's the economy of this fucking spaceship? It's in the background, I think, much more than any anything else exactly yeah. it's, it's in the background it's kind of just sort of like you just it's, it's this sort of lump sum you take yeah. it for granted kind of thing yeah because they talk about ripley coming back and her daughter's dead right like like her daughter has has aged and died mm. while she was yeah. in cryosleep in, yeah right right so that stuff it's like it's, it's 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 written off in the background but mostly it's just kind of like normal people in space and this and this book also tries to do that where it's like oh there's all this like life on mars and you're like, well, okay. What's the economy of Mars like? Like, what does what what does a c- economy 200 years in the future that's full of like cyborgs and fucking AIs and like like uh, post capitalism like what does it look like? And it's just basically like a gun costs ten dollars, and you're just like, ah, all right, okay. <laughs> well, you, it's a sci-fi game where no one thought through sci-fi stuff. So then you have to start. You have to think through it for them. And then you have to shellack it with with horror right. horror stuff, which is actually not hard, and that's the funnest part. And so I'm really actually enjoying writing my campaign for this The Void. Well, thing. cool. It sounds good. I yeah. I want to pick it up eventually. I'm totally gonna have that David Bowie Life on Mars song stuck in my head the rest <laughs> oh, of the day too. Christ! All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. I think no, that's it. Game Club, yeah, that was pretty much it. Cool. So we bought some stuff, right? What'd you buy, Adam? Anything good? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, did we buy some stuff? <laughs> oh, man. You lost a little bit of control. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, okay, so yesterday I'm sitting on the couch, and Adam 
texts me. He goes, I was at the Half Price Books. And uh, he goes, I saw that they had two copies of Labyrinth Lord in hardcover there. And he like, he's like trying to appeal to me. He's like saying, oh, did you want these? And then there's a little note underneath it. He goes, he goes they also had Dark Heresy 2nd Edition. Because I, rem- I remembered you saying something about it, but yeah. I wasn't sure if it was one you were looking for. For $30. For 30 bucks In pristine and, condition. And I was like, I was like... Wait a minute. This is the half price books that's always jacking up the prices on everything, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes. And I'm like, $30. So I go on eBay real quick and I'm like, because they were selling that book for like 100 bucks. And right now you can't get it for less than 150. And I was like, and I was like, are you telling me it's on the sh- the the shelf for 30? And Adam's like, yes. And at that point it went into zero dark 30. It was like, we have eyes on Bin Laden. Get the fucking helicopters. <laughs> we are going to get this fucking book. And the Full Metal RPG team sprung into action. And we, like, got down to the fucking half-price books. <laughs> and when we got to the half-price books, not only was Bin Laden sitting there making tapes, but there was, like, all the whole leadership of Al-Qaeda was there. We got them all at once. Right? It was pretty crazy. There was a lot of fucking role-playing books down there. Because so, I had been there earlier in the day to kind of look around, and I saw a copy of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and I was like, oh, that has to be third or uh, third edition. Because it's priced at like $19. I was like, there's no way that second edition, that goes for like 80 bucks online. It, it's got to be third edition, because I know they jacked the prices up. I didn't even look at it. And oh, then I saw Adam. a bunch of other Warhammer books, and I just like, ah, I put it out of my mind, and I went off to, to go to the other used bookstore that's over there, where I found a copy of Kill Team, of all things. I know, like, I know. another Chase Rare, <laughs> currently unavailable in America, except right. for this rando bookstore. <laughs> rando that bookstore that's like in an old Mervyn's that I, yeah, I go to it every like three months just to see what they got. Um, they had that. So I was like, hey, cool, just I want to look at it. So I grabbed that. Um, and then, yeah, went back and let you know. You went there and actually said, like, did you want this copy of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay? I know you've been looking for it. And I was like, oh, no, that's third edition. And you're like, no, it's that's second. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and, and while we were talking about it, I, like, looked down on the shelf. And there's, there's literally. Like a stack. <laughs> it's like It's like the mother load. It's like every single one of these books. Like, they go for minimum 40 on eBay. Some of them go up to 100, maybe 150. Like, the fucking Skaven book. The Bretonia book. Tome of Corruption. Like, like I mean, Jesus. And they're all there for, like, 1250 Yeah, fourteen ninety nine. I'm just like, holy... I mean, literally, my heart started pounding in my chest. I was, like, sweating. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this what I've been waiting for? Is this that moment where you can get the whole, like, Wolferp 2... For like, I guess it ended up being like about 200 bucks. Yeah. Right? Yep. Right around 200. Fucking crazy. Anyway, anyway, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have the fucking depth in my, in my, in my chart to go for it. So Adam came down. He grabbed the Wooferp. I grabbed Dark Heresy 2nd Edition because not only did it have Dark Heresy 2nd Edition core book, but they had a copy of fucking Black Crusade, the Tome of Decay. Tome of Decay. Which is the fucking Nurgle book that goes for a hundred bucks online. They had it for twenty. It was twenty dollars mm-hmm. on the shelf. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, half price. Bear books. in mind, this is the same half price books where they wanted eighty dollars for Savage Worlds, I, and then yeah. uh, they had Warhammer Seventh Edition priced for five dollars less than you could buy it new in the store. Yeah. And yeah. like I, but I also found Rogue Trader there for for like sixty. Dude, okay. I don't understand. Something it. weird is going on. It's like. 
maybe their role-playing person was on vacation or something, and they're just like, oh, here, just half-off cover, and they were just putting them up. It's got to be what it was, because it was ridiculous. If they'd have taken even a cursory look, they would have seen that these things go for way well more than what they were charging for them. So thank you, Half Price Boys, <laughs> yeah, yeah. for making seriously, my dreams come seriously. true. We kind of pwned those guys yesterday. That's fine, because they pwn us the other 365 days a year. <laughs> um it's all good. It, you know, it all came out in the laundry. And to be totally honest, I'm really happy. I'm as much as I would love to have nabbed that that Wolferp collection. I'm happy that it's together. I'm happy that those books are together because you went through them and you found a bunch of receipts in them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a ton of receipts, and they're all from the Game Depot, our it, sponsor, it, the local store, it, from like '06, and they were all bought cash. Was, Whoever bought them bought them all cash. It was creepy. obviously yeah, one guy. <laughs> who is like a local dude and was like one collection and then because you kind of mentioned that like there's like a senior citizens community over there yeah leisure world and then a bunch of like uh assisted living facilities are right over there my guess as to what happened is it was this dude's collection and he was either moving into one of those facilities or moving out permanently it's it's a grognardy guy probably an older grognardy guy and and i figure it was probably along the same lines when we found gorkamorka and the elric and the uh the Rogue Trader book that I got where it was just one guy who had all these old books and you know their yeah. loss has become our gain and their kids are like oh dad's dumb books here's yeah. dad's dumb books somebody take them down to half price take them down to the used bookstores get beer money let's get some beer money yeah, exactly <laughs> and, and then you and I are like you know yeah. becoming a wreck. We're, we're just going <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was basically the did you get any books I got a Faulkner a collection. No, uh, no, I mean role-playing books. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Is Faulkner not a role-playing book? It <laughs> could be. You got a couple books this week. What? Oh, role-playing books. Is that what you mean? Because you're talking yes. about half-price bookstores. Yeah, so role-playing like, books. I didn't get that he- he- Heather books. was at the 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 Zero Dark Thirty takedown of the of the Wolford books. <laughs> I was <laughs> watching, to- watching with disgust. <laughs> yeah, well, I was trying to find Southern Gothic books for my vampire thing. Fair enough. Cool. And you found some. I didn't find anything except for. You got some other role playing books. I can yeah. see them oh. right here. What'd you, what'd you What'd you get this week? Anything good? I uh, I got Vampire Fifth Edition. Oh, look at that! Um, there it is. Because I wanted it. It's very pink. It's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you you wait 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 you you got Vampire Fifth Edition because you wanted it because it's pretty. Yeah. Is that, is that that's your yeah the the cover attracted you to it? Yeah, it did. It's All pretty. right. Interesting. And okay. I like I, I, you've always talked about it, so I wanted to check out the newest thing to see what it was all about hmm. you know all right cool. so i did we'll that. get some hot takes from you on that yeah in a we'll little do that bit. later like yeah right yeah so i'll just talk about that briefly just saying that right it's right pretty, pretty and i liked it and i like it it's very nice and then you got me because i love uh <laughs> farscape <laughs> i'm like a farscape nerd you found a role-playing game for farscape which is so weird there is a role look at <laughs> and, that um, i love it so much <laughs> i want to like encase it in gold and put it on a wall or something <laughs> is, I, this begs the question is there a lex role-playing I, game oh my god i would freak the fuck out if there was i don't think there is though yeah i don't <laughs> think there is either but yeah, a simple but ebay search will tell it us it feels like there should be 
Like if there's not one, it feels like there should be. Oh my be. god, that'd be incredible. Y- you guys know that the the rights to that property have to be like incredibly minimal. I yeah. bet I bet we could probably buy the rights to Alex role playing <laughs> game, like just amongst the three <laughs> of just us. Just do it if we really wanted to. <laughs> I, mean, I kind of really want to. I, I don't know. I'm not I, even I have this kidding. weird urge. We should look into it to write a Lex yes. role playing game. That'd be, that'd be amazing. Because I mean, no one else is. I mean, yeah. unless they are. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a huge game and I've just never heard. Maybe of it. Maybe it is. And we've never heard of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, it's, you could probably get a lot of those like '90s schlocktastic shows for cheap. <laughs> but what's the other one? What? Cleopatra twenty five twenty five. Yeah, could probably write a role playing game for that too. I like how that just rolled right off your tongue. You I just love. Knew Okay, you know what? When I was like 12 or whatever, I lived for all those shows. Yeah, that Lex, was like the Spice Barsky. Girl show. It was yeah. like, girl power the shows. You know, this, it was, this was basically fine. Spice Girls, yeah. yeah. And listen to like music from like Destiny's Child and watch Cleopatra 2525 <laughs> and put like butterfly clips in my hair. Yay, late 90s. <laughs> cool. I was so dark back then. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I'm in the darkness. But anyway, it's cool. Farscape's cool. We've been yeah. watching a lot of Farscape lately. It's, I think it's pretty neat. I um, love Farscape. You know, got that little head. weird Yoda guy with the eyebrows, right? Rigel. Rigel, Rigel yeah. Uh, uh, it, Heather's been showing a lot of interest in role-playing lately, and she just got a new job. So I was yeah. like, hey. Celebration time. Celebration. You can have a D20 version of the Farscape game. They only, <laughs> they only made one book, and it covers seasons one and two. Everything, everything else, uh, you can have the super GM good fun time of writing yourself. yourself. Oh, boy. Yep. Which is half the fun. <laughs> All <laughs> right, so Adam, you brought a uh, review, right, of this game? I did uh, bring a review of... Omegazone? It's a game that I picked up at Gen Con called Omegazone. Why don't you, so. why don't you fill us in on Omegazone, dog? Sure. So this is a Brooklyn Indie Games release. Uh, it's called Omegazone, and as I previously stated, it's a game I picked up at Gen Con, not this year, but last year it sat on my shelf for a while as we're currently awash in post-apocalyptic role-playing games like gamma world mutineer zero with the related anthropomorphic animals and robots book tiny wastelands apocalypse world mutant chronicles genesis and dystopia rising is currently on kickstarter Omega Zone consists of a setting guide and a deck of cards it's not so much a full game as a toolkit meant to be run using the fate accelerated system This wasn't called out on the exterior of the book itself, but instead on a small box in the corner of the cards on the bottom. The main component seems to be the deck of cards with the text as a supplement, which I found to be a curious design choice. Normally, cards are a peripheral, a value add to the gameplay experience. Character generation consists of drawing a couple of character definition cards and one mutation card. You're left to build off of what you drew to fill in the details of the character and their motivations. The options here are all fairly standard fare, There's nothing too outrageous or game-breaking. Once you've done this, you add a high concept and a trouble aspect to the character, and you're more or less done. The cards define your approaches, so depending on what you draw, you may be wildly capable in certain areas and completely useless in others, or have a low across-the-board spread. This seeds a great deal of the player's narrative control and agency to random chance, which I don't love, but I don't see another workable approach when you're using cards for this type of mechanism. Digging into the game, the setting information contained is fairly constrained, which is likely a function of needing to fit the relevant information onto a standard size playing card, along with art and design components. The cards themselves are well made and feel nice. They certainly didn't go cheap on them, which is good because this is a concept that relies heavily on the cards and is going to live or die by them. The art's fun and fanciful, which fits the wacky feel of the game. The settings, called locations on the cards, consist of a location name and a one-sentence description, a couple sentences on a group that can be found in the location, and a sentence or two on the leader for that group. 
the locations are expounded upon in the book, by which I mean they get an additional one or two paragraphs about that area and the leader character found within. As an example, one location, the Reach, is described as, quote, the Reach is a treacherous, but the Reach is treacherous, but riches are there for the taking, end quote. What does that mean? It's entirely up to the GM to expound upon that one nugget and make it meaningful. The book itself doesn't provide any information as to what the author envisioned for the reach. Is it an old technology park, a military compound, an underground bunker? That's up to you to decide, at which point you have created everything you need yourself anyway. If you're looking for an out-of-the-box setting that's ready to go, I'd recommend looking at the Mutineer Zero Zone books instead. While there are some good story seeds and interesting ideas in Omega Zone, you're left to do the heavy lifting and world building. There's a section that discusses generating your own locations, but only to the extent you get the same three item block of information. The Mutineer Zero Zone books, conversely, are fully fleshed out and more or less ready to go without much work from the GM. I'm a big fan of presenting me with more information, letting me carve away and shape the area to my taste. There's more to work with that way. My major criticism of Omega Zone is that there needs to be more of just about everything. Fitting all of the mutations, items, locations, story seeds, character descriptions into a single 52-card deck means not much space can be given to anything, which really narrowed the scope of what was able to be presented. The book could have easily been twice as long and likely would have benefited from it. The settings and story seeds should have been their own deck, giving more room to breathe life into the world and give the characters more options. With so many options for post-apocalyptic games at the moment, it's difficult to re recommend Omega Zone over something like Mutant Year Zero, which is far more developed, or Gamma World, which clearly inspired Omega Zone. The decision is going to depend entirely on how you feel about the cards and using them as a primary driver for the game. It does benefit from being incredibly cheap compared to other options, with the deck usually costing $12 if you find it at a convention. A PDF of the cards can be found on DriveThruRPG for $8, and the setting book PDF is $10. So for $18, it's a roughly equivalent to buying a Mutant Year Zero Zone book. Personally, I don't know that I'll get much use out of Omega Zone, as I tend to love and collect these type of settings and already have plenty of material to work with. So, um... So what's your overall feeling on this game? Like, I mean, like... So, I, it's not to your taste, but would you use it i mean are you going to use these for anything if you want seeds it's got little seeds of ideas that you can do stuff with the thing is most of the stuff that's in here is fairly standard and i've either already used or written a zone like that in another place mm. um which is more fleshed out um or it's vague like that reach one to the point where it's almost useless like just telling me oh yeah this area is dangerous but there's riches to be found there is a standard trope in in role playing in general. You know, you that, can say that about any dungeon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's that's riches. Pretty vague. <laughs> it's dangerous, right? It's dangerous, but there's riches there. It's like, well, yeah, but I mean, so is the Tomb of Annihilation. You know, like anything could be explained that way. So, you know, I don't hate it. I think uh, if you're just really basic. I think if you're looking for seeds and all you're hoping to get is seeds, uh, you can buy the deck and like go through the little story seeds and the and the um. How, how many the cards, locations? How many Just cards fifty-two. Are, it's a standard. So every card, card is both a character card and a location card. No, so you'll have location cards, mutation cards, character cards, story seed cards. They're all separate, and so not 
any of them get like a level of depth to them and they're very very brief if you look through it like the the amount of writing on each one is so constrained that it doesn't give you a lot to work with i just really feel like each one of those could be a deck right yeah each one of them could be and that's why i said if they had split it even just down the middle and moved the story and and location stuff into its own deck that would have helped quite a bit that's like a no-brainer, like right. a GM deck and then like a player deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would agree with that. That seems like a way to go. And the one thing I found people talking about it too online was people saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to port all this Gamma World stuff into the game. And I'm like, well, just play Gamma World. Like, why? I, it, it really kind of feels like it's um, Gamma World with all the uh, numbers filed off, doesn't it? The, it really does. It, it's a lot like Gamma World. And so that was the thing when I, when I read it and flipped through it I was kind of like well I mean I don't know what this gets me over just playing Gamma World I guess I get to use Fate to run it but I'm not a Fate guy if you're a Fate guy maybe you love it Um, I'm not a Fate guy if you have Gamma World the card version of it Mm -hmm. and then you buy this Mm -hmm. can you use them together you could Nah, I mean, you'd have to do lifting because it's fate system. So fate yeah. runs off of approaches and not the D20. Like, uh, right. uh, so you could use some of the ideas in here. You could use the locations and you could use the story seeds if you wanted to. Are there any locations or story seeds that are not just completely like pabulum? They're all pretty vague and, and not all of that altogether useful like i said if, if you're just looking for something to kickstart an idea in your head you're like oh and you read like oh there's like a jungle of these of these thick vines and it's terrible and dangerous you know and you're gonna go there and do this. it's like okay cool maybe i can do something with that it, it might kickstart something in your head but it's hard to recommend it when i like i said for the 18 dollars you'd spend for both in pdf form close to that i think it's 22 you can go grab a zone book for mutant year zero and have a complete end-to-end ready to run environment yeah but you don't have a system then you don't have a system then you don't have a system and uh this does give you because fate accelerated is five bucks and right. um and it does have the whole character creation and essentially the this, this between the cards and fate accelerated you'll have character creation and conflict resolution Plus all the adventure, so that if you were like, oh, the gang can't meet because blah, you know, somebody called out again and uh, we're not going to run, so we'll just do this real quick as a one-off, like, then it's it's kind of like ready to go, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much ready to go. And, you know, I mean, it's like you can take these cards and do whatever you want with them, but here's another one, like uh, Location New Croy. New Croy remains to finish the job we started. Huh? Okay. What? What does that mean? I it's don't know. Location. And it's full of Kreen, which are very clearly the Thry Kreen from Dark Sun. They're the ant people. New Croy remains to finish the job we started. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, this one's up. New Alexandria, knowledge is power. New Alexandria wants it all. Okay, at least I have an idea then, like, of yeah, what their primary motivator is. I'm assuming the job is the apocalypse. That's sort of what I'm ge- kind of guessing, is that it's like a... Um, like, oh, these guys are going to destroy the world kind of thing? Yeah, it's kind of what I gathered from it. Like I said, it's not terrible, but there's just so much heavy lifting that you're going to have to do that I don't know how much use you get out of this. It's the cards are really nice, though. I mean, they did a nice job did, on the cards. The art's yeah. good. The, the card, okay. card's well done. I'm not, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not freaking out about the art. It's kind of yeah. cartoony. Yeah, it's cartoony, but that's kind of the feel of the game. It's not, you know, it's fine. I don't, I was, I I don't kinda, hate it. I was kind of hoping when you brought it over that it was going to be like a little bit more like Vornheim for the post-apocalypse. And I kind of feel like maybe they were hoping to like, occupy that niche. Mm-hmm. 
but it's just i mean it's not written with the same kind of intellectual sharpness yeah of it's Bornheim. it's too thin yeah. uh, it, like i said it could have yeah. benefited from having a lot more to it i'm I'm also not stoked about this character creation as cards thing, but I guess if we're going to take that as kind of like granted because of Gamma World, then it is what it is. Yeah, right? Gamma World wasn't card-based character creation. It was just your mutations and your tech was... And they weren't even your primary mutations. They were your little like alpha flux mutations. Oh, all right. Well, I, guess, I mean, I, I, I'm not a scholar of Gamma World. Yeah, so I feel I like it's, that. you know, Gamma World kind of paved the way for those cards as peripherals that are integrated into the gameplay experience that we see a lot now because you get them for Mutant Year Zero. Uh, you get them for, you know, like the spell cards for Dungeons and Dragons. You're starting yeah. to see it crop up a lot more in the yeah. gaming world. I think I it was like just one it. of those ones me. where it was kind of ahead of its time in that regard. No. Yeah, I don't love it either, but, you know, it seems to be the way of things now. Do you have any thoughts on this, Heather? No, you have nothing that we've said peaks you at on in any on any level. I don't like post-apocalypse games. <laughs> why? Why not? Why is that? They don't interest me very much. Like, like just like with Fallout and stuff. I don't care about that kind of story. I guess it's kind of like of like Walking Dead or something. Cut what, me what? deep, cuts me real deep. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I love. Ooh, ooh, this is awkward. Um, <laughs> so so. Like if if I like say it was like game night and like, you know, inevitably one of your players calls out. Yeah. But then like the mysterious Jeff is like, oh, I got this thing. What would you say? Like you keep that back in your bag there, buddy. <laughs> all right. Fair <laughs> we'll, enough. We'll play That's fair. a card game. Well, <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, um. Heard it here first. All right, so cool. So this is called a Megazone, right? It's and called it, a Megazone by Tim Rodriguez, and it's from Brooklyn Indie Games. You can find it on Drive Through RPG. You can find it at conventions. I haven't really seen it at stores, and I don't know how you get print editions of any of this outside of a convention. You, they don't have like a web presence. Uh, not where you could buy physical copies. No, they like mm. talked about it, but they didn't even like link off to the to where you could buy it. It was very strange. All right. Well. Okay. So. All right. Well, I mean, maybe there's somebody who thought that that sounded good. Maybe that maybe there's there's some fate people listening to this. I'm sure that you know what. I'm sure that if you're really into fate or fate accelerated, then you have a completely different view. You could probably get a lot said. of utility you're out of probably it. Probably yeah. like a lot more jazz for this than we are. Um. All right. So we'll just take a real quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk to uh, Heather about the uh, about Vampire Masquerade Fifth Edition and uh, and Requiem and. Uh, the process of being a new GM. Cool. So we'll be right back. And we're back. I'd like to take this time to remind everyone that Full Metal RPG is sponsored by the Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona, on the corner of McClintock and Southern. Go there to get all of your miniatures, war gaming, and gaming needs. Game People's got dice, it's got paint, it's got books. We're there on Friday nights. Come check it out. Let them know we sent you. If you heard about something on the show that you want, let them know. Take a special order. And it helps us, helps them let them know they're getting something back for the investment they're making into us. And we also have our monthly giveaway. We got our monthly giveaway. The Pathfinder Beta. Pathfinder Beta, soft cover. We're gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give it to you right now. <laughs> so, to enter that, you had to hop on the Instagram, 
follow Full Metal RPG, like the post, tag a friend, and then listen to the episode to see if you won. You gotta listen to the episode to see if you won. It does it does us no good if you don't listen to the episode. If you just hop on Instagram, like the page, tag a friend, we don't care. We yeah, want to well, we want them I ears. Mean, we need them ears. It's not nothing. I mean nah. I'm always happy to have more eyes on the Instagram. That's yeah, but fine. we need the ears. But we yeah. want the, we want your ear holes. If, if you're not I mean we want to crawl inside your brain. We we understand that there's like a billion of these fucking podcasts out. When we started this there was not a billion podcasts. There was probably only like a million. Yeah. But now there's like a billion. Like 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 every every time you encounter somebody and you're like, hey you into role playing and they're like I have a podcast. People like, ask oh, us. They right, go, oh, right. hey, let's think about starting a podcast. What do you think? And I was like, I mean, don't. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a million now. <laughs> that is that is my that is literally my answer whenever somebody wants to start a podcast. It's just a podcast. It's like, why would you do that to yeah. yourself? It's a lot of work, and then um, and then you have to give away books to get people to listen, and then they don't even listen to the show to get their free books. So I mean, that tells at some you- point we're going to have a bonanza, <laughs> yeah. where we give away all of the stuff that people never claimed. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've actually been talking to the homie uh, Orkagor about that, mm-hmm. and uh, he's putting together a little Krampus picture for us. Sweet. So when when um, Christmas comes around, to all of the dedicated cultists, all of the cultists, all of the shadow sworn motherfuckers, will get a chance to get on some of this fucking this this shit that all the the near do wells who like who thought that they could get a free book by like pushing a button on a phone. They all the shit they left out, we will redistribute to the faithful. This is the second time Krampus has come up in like a one week period. Oh, That's yeah, kind of weird. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Krampus keeps coming up. Yeah. Touche. All right. So, um, the winner of that book is David Rybacki. That is David Rybacki. You won Pathfinder Second Edition Beta. So congratulations on winning that book, and uh, you should definitely get at us. Uh, Full Metal RPG. What, 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 where is Full she Metal what? RPG official yeah, yeah, at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram, direct message us, or hit us up on Facebook, message us there. Don't go on Twitter because we're not on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you know, I actually started Twitter. <laughs> did, you? did you? Yeah, but we, it's not fleshed out yet. Don't look All right, it. yeah, don't don't go to the Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it fucking sucks. Twitter's a cesspool. It fucking blows. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so, so get at us, get a copy of your book, copy of Pathfinder, second edition beta, soft cover shipped to you for free all right great so now heather what up how you been great how, you how have you been how you living i live with you so all right so terrible <laughs> is what i'm hearing oh boy <laughs> 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 this, is, this is great this is going great so we'll put uh, the screws to brendan for <laughs> half hour <laughs> i you know i my time has come so um yeah all right so so our premise here is V5. V5. From a fresh gamer perspective, from a younger gamer perspective, from a female perspective. All of the things we are not. We are old, (laughs) sad males, white males, so we need to to hear about. V5 is the new hotness. It is. And and White Wolf is betting big that they are that they can capture this new audience right this this whole kind of role playing is new it's kind of cool to them or whatever it's at the very least it's like a fun thing that you can do with your friends on friday night and like not be made fun of for which is kind of like that's a whole new world for us so heather yeah why don't you tell us like what what, what have you played what have you played what games have you played 
before before now what have i played uh i think i played a D D, didn't i like the you played, you played out, out of the out of the abyss for a little while that was fun mm-hmm. um i think i played a session of vampire with you that went horribly you, wrong you played a couple different not great sessions of vampire well, Requiem with me oh was it requiem yeah, those oh. are both Requiem games. Well, <laughs> I'm not being You have a run Masquerade in, like, forever. So. Well, I mean, I, she didn't play in my Masquerade game. I was running I was running uh, Dark Ages Vampire for a while, and uh, and she didn't play. No, I did Oh, not. right. Oh, that yeah. was Giovanni did, Chronicles. Yeah. Right, right. I didn't play that. I went to the dog park instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I think that's basically it, haven't I? I haven't, cool. And, I, I also played, I played Ponies of Sin once. Right. You did play Ponies of Sand. Yeah. That's and, correct. And that was really fun. Then didn't you one time, didn't you like one time play Lamentations of the Flame Princess when you were doing Death Frost Doom? Yeah, I was a, I think I was like a dude bro uh, barbarian. <laughs> All barbarians are kind of dude bro barbarians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are just that really... That was really fun. Okay, so... Oh, um, oh, and I played the, uh, the Cthulhu thing with you and... Uh, was it Cthulhu? Trail of Cthulhu? Trail of Cthulhu? Cthulhu with, City? With Alexander and you. Oh right, yeah, yeah. You did play that. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a good time. That was a good time. So, uh, just the, the random style. The other day, you you say to me, you turn to me, apropos of nothing, you turn to me, you go, I want to run Vampire Requiem, and I, I was floored. So where did that come from? Well, I want to play. I wanted to play one, and that went well. Since we usually okay, so like we played them right. I played them with you, and they always were like disastrous not because of you not because of you <laughs> not because of you but the common feature of all of them is your running no. them, just so we're clear i just okay sometimes when i like want something to happen it doesn't happen so i have to do it myself like like say like i want like to a book i want to read it's not there so i have to write it myself that is the classic gm story <laughs> yeah. i want this game to exist no one's gonna do it i'll do it so yeah. that's kind of welcome what I was doing. you've joined us welcome Thanks. So yeah, that's usually what happens. So I decided I'd want I want to do a vampire role playing game, and I'm gonna be in charge, and it's gonna be weird probably. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing at all. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do it. I that's the fun part. You <laughs> figure it out as you go. But but in all of this, you've been reading um you've been reading Requiem yes. Second Edition. Oh right? yeah yeah, that's the first game that you bought me ever. Uh, okay, so I did say that I didn't try and voice role playing on you, but I did. I did very early on in a relationship <laughs> buy you a vampire at the Requiem and Second dice. Edition game. Me oh, dice. did I? Like huh. a bunch of dice. Yeah, typical. <laughs> Lame. Here, have this bag of heroin. Here's <laughs> yeah. a needle and a spoon yeah. and it, a lighter. It didn't take though. No, because I don't. I don't know. I mean, it was like a gesture. You know, it kind of like this is what I do kind of thing. And and I, apparently, it made some kind of impression on you, right? Because here's your book. I mean, so what? What are your thoughts on Requiem Second Edition? I love. I love it actually. <laughs> Why is that? I, maybe because I'm not like a role player or whatever. I like um, kind of like going into it. I liked the the fiction that's inside of it. Like the in front of every chapter, there's like a story of these two people like a, right yeah i really that kind of drew me into it because it's interesting i love it a lot each section of the story is like a section of the the chapter like the chapter like the storytelling chapter or like the clan chapter or whatever and i like how it kind of like draws you into the chapters yeah but i mean it. you could read a book like so, if you could just read it you could read a ann rice book so why why are why? you saying that like the stories fit the section they introduce like there's a thematic tie yeah there. it's like an overarching story that fits the sections it's introducing yeah okay but, i like that a lot but what what makes the game itself compelling like i mean why why bother All, with a game well, the clan fictions are also really compelling 
like in front of the clan descriptions there's also like a little story about like a gangrel or something that i really like and it then it, it just draws it sucks me into the rest of the chapter or like so the rest it's, of the a, it's evocative and it's kind of pulling you into the world yeah. or, or helping you construct the world in your head yeah yeah exactly and then i start getting ideas about what i would do if i was going to be a gangrel in like the the setting or whatever you know sure and then sure. yeah that's why i like that just like the, the the drawings are kind of weak or whatever <laughs> you don't care for the art in no Requiem? no why is that i don't know it's kind of lame <laughs> it, could, could, would you care to elaborate it's kind on of like means? a like a cheesy comic book i don't really like that mm. that much you know what i mean yeah i, I actually do so very sketchy in parts yeah, yeah i can exactly. see that and i don't like there's a little bit of charts i think i'm not really a big fan of charts whenever i see them i get like flashbacks to like middle school math and i want to die <laughs> so i hate charts also yeah I, I like it better when it's just like tells you about the story and, and that has traditionally as you and i have discussed role playing over the years been one of the things about role playing that that kind of turns you off to it. Oh, is yeah. This sort of like the pre-occupation with math. Yeah, I hate and that. And the battles that take forever with like rolling dice and math. I hate it. I just like, it, my eyes close over and then they fall out of my head. <laughs> am I am I wrong in presuming that the um, the chart itself becomes sort of a symbolic of that kind of like mathematical thinking? Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. I don't like it. Yeah. All right. So then out of nowhere, you're like, okay, I'm going to run the game and you yeah. started working on it. You yeah, know, and uh, you've talked to me a little bit about your idea, your concept. I think it's interesting. It's I think it's, great. I think it's, I think it's compelling. Um, but then, you know, to su- surprise me like twice in a <laughs> row, we were just talking about Vampire Five, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I want, I want to get that." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Huh?" So we got you a Vampire Five. Yeah, you and did. Here it is. Here and, it is. Uh, I got it too. And yeah. uh, what, what, uh, what, what are your thoughts? What are your takeaways? Now, now to, to preface this. I have flipped through the book. I have, that's all I've done. Yeah, you like, both I, have. I've just leafed through it. I have not read it. I have deliberately tried to keep my personal impressions away from it. And and in leading up to this podcast, I've deliberately tried to not talk about it with you. Yeah. To keep your impressions sort of to let them like be what they clean are, clean or something. Yeah. Keep them yeah. Like yeah pure. I'm still waiting for the whole swath of what was supposed to be the core to release before i do anything yeah. with it yeah harumph <laughs> so what what so tell us what what are your thoughts on v5 well i kind of compared them to requiem because i was reading at the same time if that's okay to do with my oh, absolutely. i got these notes here <laughs> yeah why don't you that i should consult um okay well my first point that i have on here is the fiction obviously because it's a big deal for requiem i love it and uh the fiction in masquerade i hate <laughs> why because it's like it's very very cheesy and it's just like something like a like a fan fiction person would write on like fanfiction.net or something it's not like compelling it's very boring is it technically not well done or is it just it's yeah it's it's, it's they're trying it's it's the whole the whole book i think it's like the theme it, they're trying too hard like oh it's try hard <laughs> it does like like the first part of this the fiction is like a a letter and it's like a really it's just like explaining the game to like new people in like the most dry way possible. I mean, you really feel like it's okay. Yes. You feel like it's really dry. Yes. It's even though it's fiction, even though they kind of like, like dolled it up for you a little bit with like a little story to kind of get you involved. Yeah. Cause it just becomes like a, it just becomes like an explanation of the game in like a, in like a technical way, like a textbook. It's like, it's like in the style of a, of a letter, but it's not, it doesn't feel like someone's telling you to you like a, 
no, it's not like I'm like talking to you about it. Like, hey, this is what happens in the book. It's just like it's like a manual. Huh. Well, that's, hmm. that's not encouraging. No. Um, and especially considering that you found the Requiem fiction to be so good. Um, because I always felt like the Requiem books were incredibly dry. They were just like intensely dry to read. Really? But you're, you you find the opposite. You prefer reading. I think the they're exciting. I felt the Requiem books were dry until I read Mage the Awakening. And then I was like, oh can get much worse than <laughs> yeah, this yeah, yeah this is actually like um yeah. an au jus dipped like yeah like the- french roast sandwich <laughs> whereas this thing is this like piece of charcoal that i'm trying to consume Ma- Ma- mage the awakening despite its it's it's hilariously ironic title could actually be used to uh help you with insomnia yeah. i mean we'll put you to sleep it no, isn't no hard side to read effects. yeah <laughs> So takeaways. Okay. Let me have it. So, how do you feel about the game? Like, because you're kind of at this crossroads, right? Where you're like, oh, I mean, you're not so deep into the planning of your Requiem game that you couldn't just scuttle it and do a Masquerade game, yeah. or you, you could just like lift all the Requiem sh- like shit out and put the Masquerade shit in if you wanted. So, I mean, which direction do you want to go now? Well, I thought about that too, but then I, I don't. Did you want to go through your points, or did you want to? <laughs> Do huh? you, did you want to go through the remainder of your points, or do you... Well, I didn't think about that either. Well, I, uh-huh. I didn't write down that whole thing what Brendan just said. Uh-huh. But I was, when I was thinking, when I was watching... When I was reading this, not watching it, because it's not a show, it's a book. <laughs> um, it's... I had the idea maybe I should just switch over to this, since it's, like, new and, like, fresh and stuff. But, like, I don't want to. <laughs> I why? don't like it that much. Well, like, why? I... I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just, like, whatever. whenever I read it... It's just like it just I feel like it's like a little like like a tween who just like discovered Hot Topic and like discovered like the originals and it's like trying to tell me about vampires. That's how it feels. So um, <laughs> so it doesn't it, speak to you. No, it just it seems like it's like it's trying so hard to be cool and appeal to like a millennial, I guess, or someone who's new that it just like makes me want to just like throw it. Makes me want to throw it against a wall. <laughs> Really? So it's actually it has like an anger inducing like kind of um try hardiness to it? Yeah, and it makes me like it, I actually do physically like I roll my eyes at it sometimes. Is it like that Steve Buscemi <laughs> meme where yes. he's like, "Why, hello yes. there, my fellow kids," <laughs> yeah. where he's got the skateboard yeah. and the sh- the band shirt or whatever? Like it's very obvious that it's trying to make you like yeah. the whole setting is like we're so cool. We like we go to like clubs with like cool like pulsing beats and wear like black clothes don't you want to do that too in this book like no i don't and i don't think that that's cool so is this entire book the opening scene to the movie blade yes oh my god yes it is that's what it feels like but like more lame like I don't someone, like the opening. Scene I do like the Blade. opening scene to the movie Blade, but it sounds like she's saying it's where the it's where we're at the re, but it's dated, it's, right? It's like, like somebody recreating it on a YouTube channel. Like someone took the opening scene of Blade and like decided so somebody to who didn't it. understand it and who wanted to kind of glom on it. Yeah, but yeah, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't do it right. Yeah. Okay. I can like. see that. I do like the art, and I do like how it, it's like a like a Vogue magazine. Like it's like the layout's kind of like a magazine. I like that. I mean, er- Erickson was very proud of the um, layout. He, he well, he should be. That's that's the best part. He says that he, they keep it to four hundred words a page, which is so so the it does not feel dense. Mm-hmm. It feels kind of airy. 
as you're flipping through it, there's, I mean, there's a lot of blank space, but it's not, it doesn't feel wasted. It feels like the, the words are given room to breathe and like the art is given a, pl- a place to inhabit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only yeah, I, part, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, no, you go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> uh, the only part I liked about the, the masquerade, this, the V5 is like the clan section. That's the only part that felt like visceral and like exciting to me. Elaborate. Like, um, just like with Requiem, there's like a little piece of fiction in the front of it that's it didn't feel like it was like very contrived at this instance and like it gave me ideas of what I would do if I was going to be in a clan in any of those clans. I will say you were talking about the layout and you had specifically called out how you liked it and you were right you know when I looked at it it did have that magazine look and it and it yeah. did have a lot of Vogue and I remember being having kind of a like quite visceral negative reaction to the Toreador picture they they led with. And Jim Miller and, and Chris Handley from Darker Days Radio telling me, oh, no, this could be a stylistic choice that they're making to present them in this kind of way because that's how they view themselves. But really, they're like these artists. And I kind of saw well, that's kind of reading into it. And I will admit, having seen the other clan pictures, um, I, I think that they were right and I was wrong um, and that they were kind of going for that. And they did. And, and I don't mind the vision that they have having looked through your book. I think that they did a nice job with the, the clan intro pictures and, yeah. and the other things they did. I think the art direction was solid. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, it's, I think it's obvious that they, that they executed what it was they wanted to execute, which was to essentially have, give it this kind of like high fashion kind of feel. It definitely the, does. The question is, is, is that a, superior interpretation to what the 90s vampire and i'm not talking about the late punk i'm not even talking about late late 90s i'm talking about the early 90s and i would not even say gothic punk i would say that it was meant to feel like music it was meant to feel like you were interacting with um uh like a record store or a uh, it was a sisters of mercy song like in yeah print form basically yeah, basically and i mean if you look at the the cover of of of, of vampire the dark ages it's like the, there's that ministry cover i mean mm-hmm. they they aped that ministry cover for both the uh vampire uh masquerade court and dark ages i mean the, the with the with the marble tile mm-hmm. and the rose and all this shit like that was a very specific aesthetic choice and now they've kind of shocked the music thing because this doesn't feel like music at all this feels this is definitely very like more couture kind social of media like yeah, is it, but is i mean there's Instagram? that there's the aspect of music that is that couture thing like sia and lady gaga and whoever else where they're that's doing true. this kind of stuff high fashion stuff yeah yeah i always feel like that's like a tack on to the music though you know it's always like oh lady gaga also does fashion and it's <laughs> like but but because this, this does not this does not feel like like music scene this feels like fashion scene it feels like fashion or like or like like instagram models it feels the whole thing is it's just like someone's instagram or tumblr page wasn't the person who did the art design from the fashion world yes okay that's now, obvious too. now uh, you you go on tumblr a lot tumblr, tumblr tumblr is a uh is a social media platform that i am that i don't understand its world but you understand it mm-hmm. so yeah i don't understand it at all <laughs> how does this make you feel then it just makes me feel like it makes me feel like i've seen it i've seen it like a thousand times on tumblr before it just makes me feel like it's just like a it's underwhelming, I guess. Is it like derivative? All, yes. Like this one page, like let me show you this, like this whole like neon lights and words thing. Let me find it. Yeah. That is like, that's quintessential like Tumblr or like Pinterest or something. I think it says. So what page is this? Uh, can, you, can you like look oh, at Oh, page 32. Page 32? Yeah. And it, what's it say? Death is not the end, but it's in like an orange uh, 
what's neon. it called neon thing that is that's like that's the new trend right now i guess but mm-hmm. when i see it i don't feel like oh cool they added this it's like oh great that's like that was like last year kind of so, a thing that's so on some level does like culture move too quickly yes. to be sort of like encapsulated in this kind of zeitgeist i, I mean what, so. what are we what are we saying here just the whole thing feels very been there done that like it's already been done before and it's not exciting to me personally what would have been exciting what what something would, more fresh i guess like what, how so i don't know I, I don't know just this isn't this seems like they're trying very hard to be fresh and be like new and current but i think that they it's not new anymore. It's old. Do, well, it, go ahead. Well, sorry. does vampire work best as period books? Because my favorite versions of vampire are Dark Ages and New Wave Requiem. I think maybe and those it does. Are, those are period books. Because I was thinking when I was doing my when I'm going to do my game, I was thinking about making it like during set now, my uh, my Requiem game. But then I decided I should like put it back in the past because it makes it makes more sense to have vampires in the past. I guess good moving forward together than like having them right now. I mean that I don't want to get too much into systems and bogged down in systems and that kind of crap because like, I mean, whatever that that's its whole own thing. But, um, I, I, I think that there have been a lot of problems with the systems in terms of like stagnation of, of people being like trapped in the now and there's no feeling of advancement. So I think that your instinct in terms of running is incredibly on point because if you want to tell like a story of, of, of change in vampires, then that takes place over the course of decades and centuries, yeah. not over the course of weeks and months. Yeah. Um, so th- that makes a lot of sense. But when you say like, oh, period books are the best, it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, like if, if you want, because you're talking about running your game in the Dust Bowl. Yeah. Does that mean you want to see like a little saddle stitch like <laughs> newsprint where it says like, it's the bee's knees. Come yeah. on, come on down. Yeah. I'd love that. You got to have that transatlantic speech. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Dust Bowl. <laughs> you, There's you, nothing neat here. That'd be really cool to have like some kind of like Gatsby Dust bowl book. That would be actually really yeah. kind of cool, like a not Dust Bowl, but like Great Gatsby style yeah. high society. That'd be pretty awesome. 1920s prior to the collapse of the Flappers. whole thing. That'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. Huh. All right. Okay. So, I mean, going forward, what are your thoughts on Masquerade? Are you going to continue to follow the line? Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of books coming out in October. Do they like clan books and stuff? Uh, they're going to be the, the Camarilla book and the Anarch book, oh. and then there's going to be a bunch of peripherals. I don't care about the Camarilla and the Anarchs. Why? These don't seem very exciting to me. It's, it's like a big deal, right? That's what you made it seem it's like. It's kind of, the I think, the primary antagonist now because the Sabbat kind of fucked off to the Middle East. <laughs> that, that's not <laughs> actually entirely true. Like, I know it's not entirely true, but you, it's... You, it, you can read and hear what happened to, to, to the Sabbat, and it's like it's, it's a little bit more interesting than that, but... Um, it, and I, so the I, I Chicago would, is coming out. Their big book, Chicago, is coming out, and yeah. that's actually going to have the La Sombra in it for... Uh, of, all books. There's no La Sombra in Chicago. Well, there traditionally haven't been La Sombra in Chicago. They're going to be in the Chicago book. What, what's interesting is is that I, I don't think that the Camry and the Anarchs are the antagonists. I think that they are the context. They are the context in which the game is taking place now. And what's sort of interesting about them saying, oh, the La Sombra are going to be in Chicago, is that there's like essentially a sidebar in here that explains what's going on with the Sabbath. And essentially what it's saying is, is that they're their hierarchy, their structure, like ceased to exist, and so now that's weird. Now yeah. they are become they're 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 moving around, and there's like a lot of people who used to be in the Sabbath, and now they're coming to the Camarilla, and they're saying, "Can we get in on this?" Oh, and they're they aren't also, going to the Church of Cain. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're what, they are 
inc- really, really, really trying to decentralize the game from where it was when they left it in like 2001 or whatever it was. Which is probably a smart notion. Yeah, the whole idea that the world is, is in this binary vampire cold slash hot war and that like any any little patch of ground can be can be uh, uh, defined as either a sabbat patch of ground or a Camarillo patch of ground is ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense then. It makes even less sense now. And so um, they're 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 kind of trying to do what uh, Fifth Edition did, where they're talking about like the points of light. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like the map is a big roiling darkness, and there are small specks, not of like heroism, but of like order, where there are younger vampires trying to create order. So like Requiem. Cause that's that's very <laughs> they they uh, cribbed so much from Requiem. It certainly feels that way. Looking at the blood potency yeah. mechanic and this, what you're telling me now, it sounds a lot like Requiem. But even all that said, you still you Heather, you yes. still feel like Requiem is the superior game. Yeah, well, it was their first, and I guess if they're copying from it, there's probably a reason why they're copying it from it, right? Oh, I mean, eh, I don't probably. Know. <laughs> I, I mean, there's there's a debatable point there, but you know, yeah, I'm My just interested to see when like the Zamiche are going to come out because if the Lasamba are coming out in Chicago, are they going to like release? I don't know, L.A. with the Zamiche. It's yeah, I don't know what the plan is. I I don't know. Um, what they have said is that because Chicago is being done in joint forces with Onyx Path, and the idea is is that. They want people who are like boots on the ground writing the material that they are experiencing. So an American team is being used to write Chicago. If, for instance, they were going to have the Zimacy show up as part of a Prague book or something, by what they have said is we can expect to see that from, say, like a, you know, um, Eastern European design team so that they would understand what goes into that. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense. I'm not against it. You know, I'm not against it. So, But you're not super captivated. You're not like sitting, Heather, you're not sitting by the fucking door waiting for the new f- 50 books to come out so you can buy them up. My biggest problem with like, vampire games is like the way that they make you, you have to be in some kind of like club or something. Like, why, why do vampires have to be in, like, their own little, like, different clubs and, like, fight each other? Why can't other things happen? We'll talk about that. What are you, what, what, what are your thoughts? I feel like it's, like, very, like, it, I don't know. Like, it just feels like it's, like, an, like, like just, like, an army. Like, it's, like, an army game. It's, like, an excuse to have, like, vampire armies fighting other vampire armies in, like, a different kind of way. Like, a Game of thrones way, I guess. So, what's your approach? I like, like, you know, in, in like, Anne Rice, I guess, with, like, Louis and Lestat and Claudia, they weren't in any kind of club. They were just like hanging out together, just like existing throughout the ages together. And like when they found a club, like they found the theater, de, the theatrist of vampires, mm-hmm. they like fucked everything up because <laughs> clubs suck. They <laughs> burned it to the ground, <laughs> killed everyone inside. The club made like their whole existence like horrible. And like, they, they, then they killed everybody because those guys tried to kill them. Well, I think that the, um, both Requiem and uh, V5 acknowledge that. That it's that there's a lot more um, that 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 life doesn't just get kind of like boiled down to like what weird little group you're in, 
And I think that that was the, the, a major failing of the original Masquerade material is that it started out being this kind of like edgy, different thing of like, oh, I get to choose a clan and then I'm part of a sect. And, the, and, and, and these ideas of belonging that had never been expressed in role-playing up till that point felt very new and very fresh. But by the time you hit 97 through 99, people were starting to talk about like, oh that character is the way they are because, and then they would cite clan or they would cite sect. And then they started even doing like what I consider to be more heinous things where they were saying this character can't be because of clan or because of sect. Like, oh, oh that character's not Bruja. Hey, Bruja would never be like that. Yeah, it's really like, that's that. just like fucking ridiculous. Yeah. That's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Yeah, well, it was kind of that early 90s gang war ideology, right? Like, I'm in the Bruja. We hate the Ventru. We're going to rumble, <laughs> you know? Was, and I think it played to that because it had that gothic punk kind of aesthetic. And then it, oh, to your point, it got kind of tired and long in the tooth because then it became, oh, yeah, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. Right. So why the hell? And they tried to break. Some of that. They tried to break some of their more odious patterns and like inject some some things into the game with like the Asimites and then the different kinds of Bruja, like the Philosopher Bruja, the True Bruja, where they were trying to go, well, they're not all like that. Here's like some other options. But by that point, it was so entrenched that no, they were I fighting don't. an uphill battle. You see, I disagree, man. I feel like that's record store guy mentality where it's like, it's like, it's not just like, it's not just like, here's the metal section, right? It's like, it's like, no, this is the doom metal and this is the melodic death metal and this is, this, this is, uh, this is Scandinavian black metal. Oh yeah, they you were still very trope. Yeah, and it's just it's just like it's this 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 idea that you can like break everything down into these like finer and finer and finer subgroups, like is actually destructive to creativity, and it's destructive to the way that games get played, where everybody everybody's always trying to analyze everything, like, "Ooh, what are you? What are you? What little what little what little nook can I slot you into?" That's game nerds, man. That's, that's like what they do. I mean, everybody nerds, does that to some extent. Nerds, mm-hmm. sure, but the but the game like rewarded that type of thinking. Oh, it definitely the, did. Games still reward that type of thinking. Even D and D fifth still rewards that type of thinking. It's like, oh, I'm gonna be a tiefling, you know, elder god packed warlock, like, and then gonna be put into my little box and i'm gonna be the you but know nobody, the stout heart what dwarf fight with you know and uh, mechanically i see what you're saying but like on a social level like nobody it's like it's not like the tiefling character walks into a tavern in D D, and the innkeeper walks up to him and says no tiefling dark pack warlocks allowed here this is only for stone heart that, that tavern <laughs> owner should totally tell that tiefling that no <laughs> stone that pack warlocks are allowed that's not what the game's about and that's what vampire became like 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 i mean it, go, it comes right down to like eddie fury and like we venture will destroy all you bruja or whatever fucking you gangrels like, yeah like, like all that bullshit no you know i just like i don't disagree with you it, it got really ridiculous dumb. it became really fucking dumb and um and i for one i'm glad to see it gone personally you know i'd like to see things i like the idea of like the openness of the ideas you know did yeah. this kind of crack it apart did it help do that? Like Did the clan it? splats? Well, there's still there's still Camarilla there, and there's still like the Anarch stuff. But, like I think they're trying to get they, like you said they're trying to get away from that kind of stuff too. They're trying to make a new world, which I I like that. That's nice. They're making a whole a new world for a new generation or something like that. That's very good. But I just don't 
I don't want any clubs at all. Did they get rid of the parts where the, the like it's like oh the, what this clan thinks of the other clan? Yeah, that's not there anymore. Okay, oh, that that'll probably help. I like that. I do kind of like that. That's nice. Make your own opinions as your own clans. I guess that's better. So, um, Heather, yes. you know, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for <laughs> uh, sharing with us some of these ideas yeah. that you know Adam and I just have no frame of reference for. Um. So we can you're you're working with us on a role playing game right now, right? Yeah. You're 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 writing. I'm still writing for it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> was that where I was going with that? Were we getting in the judgmental yeah. zone? Yeah. I don't know. I I didn't feel like that. <laughs> I, I, like, why aren't you writing right now, <laughs> Heather? I, I haven't done it. I'm supposed to write for it tonight. I haven't done anything for it in the last I, couple of days. I'm so. sorry, guys. Don't worry about it. That no, wasn't you're fine. What I was going at all. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> So, um, so get cracking. So I want ten pages tonight. So Heather's a writer. Yeah. Uh, amongst all the other things that she does, Heather's a writer, and Heather kind of specializes in like a little bit of um, gothic, southern gothic literature. And um, that was that. Yeah, I was kind of hoping in the beginning when I when I said, "So tell us about yourself," and she said, "Like, what do you mean? I like dogs." And I hoping <laughs> that you were gonna maybe touch on some of those other things. But sorry, well, it's all right. You know, you're learning. This is how <laughs> this is this is the podcasting game. Anyway, um, so Heather does some writing. She's uh, kind of specializes in this this uh, Southern Gothic take, and uh, she's working with me and Adam on a project that we have that's a uh, very 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 Southern Gothic. And on some level, on some level, despite the fact that like, um, I, I asked Heather to join this team after, after we were, we were asked to do the, to to do the game separately. I really honestly don't feel like that the game that we're writing would exist if it wasn't for Heather and her interest in Southern Gothic, because it just means because living together, it means I'm exposed to a lot of Southern Gothic material. And if, um, when this game had been pitched to me, I don't know if I would have necessarily understood it as well as I did because of the way I was exposed to that material. So yeah, if you'd have let me do it, it just would have been weird and gonzo. (laughs) (laughs) That would not have worked at all. It's a, uh, I think it's a good fit and I'm really happy that you're on that team with us. Thanks. I'm happy too. And I think that, I think that that there's like a lot more that you are planning on for the future. You've got like some cool initiatives coming forward. Uh, the, in addition to the, uh, vampire game that you're running. Yeah. Um, if anybody is interested in following along with uh, what it is that you're working on, where can they find you? I have a blog. <laughs> um, it's like a blog spot from the Misty Moors because I am a literature nerd. Is it a Tumblr blog? No, it's not Tumblr. Okay. It's there... a blog spot. Oh, it's can a blog you, spot. All right, Can cool. you give us the address is where it, it might be found? Blogspot.com slash from the Misty Moors, I believe it's what it is. Okay. Cool. And then, um, is that, do you have any social media that you haunt or anything like that? I have Instagram, but I'm not on it that much, but you can, if you want to follow me, you can (laughs) people who are listening. It's uh, put some pictures of your books on there. That's what I do. Oh, I could do that. Yeah. Pictures of books. People love that. What's, what's, what's the name? It's H E C A T E six (laughs) seven zero. Cool. So you can look for that on Instagram and that, uh, Heather is also sometimes tagged in um, the at Full Metal RPG Instagram. Yeah, so you'll So you're able to, uh, you'll be able to find her through that, no problem. So, uh, uh, thanks everybody for 
following along with us another episode of Full Metal RPG. We really appreciate you listening. Uh, as Adam said previously, you can always find us on Instagram at Full Metal RPG. Facebook, we're on Full Metal RPG also. Uh, we, uh, what else do we do? Reach out to us via Gmail. We got the Full Metal RPG official at gmail.com. And then always please take a look at our webpage, fullmetalrpg.com, where there is new shit in the web store. And if you're listening to this episode, I probably will have mentioned it on Instagram, but we got shirts in the web store. We got brand new shirts, and we Zines. got issues of reliquary number two. The the final issues of, of that that are physical are available in the web store now. Get at us. Check it out. In the meantime, what's up? Patreon. <laughs> oh, yeah, Patreon. <laughs> the uh, long-suffering Patreon. We are also on Patreon. Go find us there and... Uh, and interact with us. Uh, help support what the fuck it is that we're doing here. <laughs> All Magic. right, guys. Magic. Thank, That's what you're doing. Thanks for everybody for coming on. Thank you to everybody for listening. Have a good night. Good night.